So we asked for more female-led movies, and boy, Hollywood delivered. <laughs> you said, boy, Hollywood delivered. If you want more female movies, I love it. (laughs) But not only did they deliver, they're giving us some really just interesting, like, complex and diverse characters with really compelling storylines. Like, these things have grit, juiciness. There's layers to these films. And today, we're staying up past our bedtime to chat specifically about Late Night with Mindy Kaling, Emma Thompson, and John Lithgow. Happy Hour is calling our name, so let's get the show on the road. I'm Tuesday, she's Kaylee, and this is Whiskey and Popcorn. In Late Night, Emma Thompson plays a longtime evening show host, Catherine Newbery, who's racked up the Emmys and become America's feisty aunt, I think is safe to say. But after 30 years of being on TV, times have changed and she's losing her audience fast. On top of that, her writing staff is down to just a room full of white men. She's not able to keep any women on her team, not to mention there's no people of color like in her office anywhere. Catherine needs to make some changes quick or risk getting canceled. Now, Mindy Kaling enters as Molly Patel. She's actually a chemical plant expert who's the show's, let's say, weak attempt for a diversity hire. (laughs) She's plucky and driven, and she refuses to back down and challenges the status quo in a more polite but persistent way. Here's a clip from the trailer. I think it sums it up pretty good. You're fired. You're fired, obviously. Oh, you must be McCleary. Oh, wow. You're fired. She's coming back. She's coming back. She's coming back. Who are you? I'm Molly. Mm-hmm. I'm a new writer. You want to sit down? Okay. That's her metal sits. Could you sit down, please? Oh, I'll just use uh, this trash can. There's, you know, there's hardly any trash in it at all. Oh, it's kind of comfortable, better than a chair. Do none of you understand what is at stake here? I am being replaced. Think about why the show is bad and come up with ways to fix it. I wish I was a woman of color so I could just get me a job I want. We talked about this, you can't say that. I know what everyone thinks of me, but just because I was lucky enough to get this job doesn't mean I'm stupid enough to lose it. Now, this did premiere at Sundance this year, 2019. No, we did not get into it. I was so bummed. I This was on one of the top of my list for Sundance this year. And, and we just kept trying to make it happen, and it was either full or it didn't mix with what we already had. But Sold out. Yeah. So uh, many times. Yeah, a lot. Anytime you have any really big hitters who are already known actors, actresses, or directors, sometimes even advanced packaging will kill your chance of seeing it before you even arrive. Mm-hmm. So, But it did win the 2019 Star Meter Award in the fan favorite category. So we've been really monitoring this movie, and we are super excited when we got uh, the screening for it. So uh, initial thoughts. What do you think, Kaylee? You know, I was really hopeful for this movie, and my hopes were so gratified. <laughs> I mean, we all love Mindy Kaling. We know her, obviously, from The Office, which she was like the first woman of color, um, if I read that correctly. And she had her own show, The Mindy Project. And she has this insider track on the late night world. Uh, she actually was an intern 
for the uh, late night with Conan O'Brien. And, you know, she was familiar with this world where it's like it's a lot of just white men in the room, both as, you know, writers and as hosts, you know, the production team. There's just not a lot of space for women or and particularly women of color. So to see that she wrote this film uh, and it's also directed by a woman, you know, just felt really good. Like because they honed in right on the big issues like the comedy the fact that she's the diversity hire, like they weren't afraid to poke fun at that and be like, this character has no experience whatsoever in entertainment besides doing some really like low level stand up on the mic at the chemical plant. Yeah, I was very excited for this and I found it incredibly original and entertaining. I am not going to tell you that it is gut-wrenching, side-splitting, hilarious, like you would say for Bridesmaids. But it is incredibly funny, even if it's a more low-key funny. It really parallels along the lines of Devil Devil Wears Prada, and even a little bit of their proposal with Sandra Bullock. It's an incredibly time-appropriate and compelling story. Yeah, well, I think this comedy, it's just, it's smartly written. Completely, um, and, which is so Kaling. It, yeah. it is so Kaling, and it's so it, and it appeals to me, uh, Kaylee, <laughs> as well. I really just like when the writing holds up, and, and they're able to pick at the because these are real life issues about men feeling attacked. They like kind of put that out there too. Like all these white men, you we heard in the clip, he's like, "Oh, I wish you know I was a woman of color, and then I could just get in any job I want." You know, there is that sense from the other side that like, you know, this is the only reason why this person got this position. And she did actually have to prove herself really hard. And you know, the I love the dynamic between her uh character, Mindy's character, and then Emma Thompson's uh Catherine because these are two very powerful women, but Catherine hates women. She's a woman who hates women, they said in the film. And that dynamic, I don't think it's explored in a very thoughtful way in a lot of films where you might have kind of like women against women. Not at all, because then they just become the old hag or the grumpy old witch. It's not, no, there's a real underlying group of people who are women who hate working, being around, being friends with other women. And like, so you get to see like why Emma Thompson's character is the way she is. Like she's been around the block for 30 years. Her model has worked for 30 years. She's very resistant to change. And it's like, I mean, I I work in media. I You turn and burn. If you can't keep up, you're out the door. You know, it's tough. It's hard. And they kind of make a point that Sometimes women can't keep up, but that's also just the character as well as like chewing out every other woman that she's around. But then with Mindy Kaling and uh, her character Molly, they were really able to um, show what she brings, like her expertise, her talent. Like she would stay late researching and she was she was putting in the effort to the point where at the end of the film, when they kind of like have the climax, they have a heart to heart, these two women, we see how. It goes from hero worship on Molly's side because she loves Catherine's show to, uh, you know, Catherine needs her. And I loved that turnaround and the growth of both characters because Molly came to understand her own worth uh, and when to not settle. And 
that I just felt that was so empowering to see for any woman, but particularly women of color. Oh, to watch them play off of each other was probably the best aspect of the film for me. You know, you've got you've have this seasoned but very jaded Catherine, but on the other side, this doe-eyed and optimistic and super excited Molly, and they both learn so much from each other. Catherine gets some of her heart back, which I don't think anyone thought she had left, and Molly really starts to develop some thick skin, some scar tissue in there. If, Unfortunately, I feel like, if anything, Kaling has received so much harsh criticism, not as much about her writing, but her acting as an actual actress, that she almost downplayed some of the scenes. Maybe it was to, you know, build up Emma Thompson's character, but it just felt like she wasn't being fully herself like she is in the Mindy Project. Well, and I think, too, because in the Mindy Project, that really is, that's like, that's her, quote unquote, in this, she's playing a, a character, which we haven't really seen her do since The Office or, you know, some of the other projects that she's done. Like, the, in my mind, like, that's that Mindy project is the main thing that I keep thinking about. Well, and I mean, even in The Office, she was a very meek character yeah. for a lot of that time frame. So even that, it's like you don't really get to see full-blown her. Yeah, well, she definitely gets to step into her own, and I think that was very gratifying I hope for her, it was gratifying as an audience member to see her just like shine and kind of like take over. And I do want to just shout out to the funny scene where uh, Seth Meyers has a cameo in this film and um, he wants to hire her and she won't stop gushing about Catherine. And he's like, well, yeah, okay, well, we'd like to bring you on in Tuesday. And she just keeps going on and on about Catherine and how awful it was working with her. It it's was like she's amazing. so amazing, but then you look in her eyes. And you're just like, she's pure evil. And you're like, oh, my gosh, I get it. I like Seth Meyers is so going to be like, and all right, so back to the job interview we're having right now. And they both needed each other because in the next scene, Catherine, I think, walks up six flights of stairs to get her back Basically to be on the top the of, the, of her apartment building. It was, a, it was such a Sex in the City scene where, you know, three flights up she's taken off her heels and her pearls yeah. and <laughs> <laughs> it was so wonderful and I can't recommend this film enough and don't get us wrong I think men will find this just as entertaining oh yeah I, I do not feel like in any way that this film was like man bashing no not at all I mean it, it is a bit of a commentary on the state of late night shows but that's just you know it, that's reality and we should talk about it. And I sense smell a feature in the future. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm. we saw the whole gamut of stereotypes handled. Yeah, I feel like even, you know, kind of the stereotype that, oh, the, the lead chick, she hooks up with a white guy instead of a person of color. Like, they poke fun at that and everything. And it, it doesn't quite go in the direction that you think it's going to go. It comments on the issue and makes a really smart joke about it. Mm -hmm but then moves on in a way that you may not necessarily expect, which is really refreshing. Well, and you have to, it, it leaves you to think about it. It doesn't tell you this is how we feel about it. You know, we, we're sitting with, let's see, diversity hire, full white male team, nepotism, uh, pecking order, earning your keep. Um, and 
bossiness. Yeah, um, the the concept of when, when when is a woman a hard hitter versus a bitch? Yeah, and and all of these are very much just touched on for a moment. And then you're like, oh, crap. Like, they really just said that. Oh, and snap. Yeah. And then it moves on. It, You know, it's never like, oh, yeah, let's, you know, let's sit down and talk about how it's an all-white, you know, writing room. No, it's like, it's all white. Fix it. And and then it moves on. Yeah. And so it's so nice because it's it's not lecturing you, but it's very much saying, well, if you walked into Conan O'Brien's writing room or Seth Meyers' what you're going to see the exact same thing as you do in this movie. Yeah. And and when it when you think about it coming from Kaling's actual personal perspective on it, you're like, oh wow, yeah, yeah, that that that's probably very true. That's and that's why it resonates so well, I think. Um, so I'd say overall grade for this, I'm giving it an A for mm-hmm. myself. Uh, I really enjoyed it, and it met all my expectations and then some. So as far as like other stuff kind of out there right now, like I feel like this is. The best comedy. Oh, hands down and original and something new and refreshing and entertaining. It just for that sheer fact that it's not one of our dozens of remakes this year. Thank God. Right. It's just <laughs> worth going. So I, I would definitely say if I had to do a lineup of, you know, boss women in movies, I would do Bridesmaids, Double Wears Prada, Late Night, and then The Proposal. I think it's a step above proposal. But again, like, you know, Bridesmaids, I still quote it to this day. Um, (laughs) That is your touchstone go-to favorite chick flick, I think. Because it's amazing. (laughs) Um, And, you know, Girls Trip and things like that are all up there. And and I think this does hold caliber. Just don't, you know, expect to be, like, crying laughing. It's just more really hard-hitting funny stuff where you're like, oh, that just happened. Zingers. Yep. Zing. And then it goes on to the next one. You don't even have a second to think about it. <laughs> so, uh, but absolutely, it is worth, uh, it's worth its weight. All right. Well, it's time for reverse happy hour here. Woohoo! So um, I felt like I needed a refreshing yet sophisticated summer drink to go with this summer comedy. Um, so I'm pouring myself a Paloma, which is basically just tequila, um, grapefruit soda, and a lime wedge. Like, you don't need much more than that. That does sound refreshing. Mm. And since you took it out of my mouth completely, this zinger makes me want to have a zing. So (laughs) I am going to be going with a Red Bull and vodka. Even even as a reverse happy hour. Oh my gosh, you're going to be staying up until... The AM. We're not messing around because we have a late night show, right? So <laughs> it's already time to start drinking heavy. Well, before you all head off into the night, hit that subscribe button. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Engage with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And remember, you can always find us on whiskeyandpopcorn.org. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you at the next movie.